Has a lane, 15-10, touchdown, Chargers! What's up, guys? Welcome in to a draft day edition of Chargers Weekly. We're taping this a, a day later than we normally do because we didn't want to date ourselves. Um, Muddy, we had a lot to get into. Quentin Johnson is a Charger. Yeah. I first want to start by complimenting you and Adrian for uh, hosting a heck of a party at, uh, at, at Westfield. It's a lot of fun. Uh, really, it was easy for me just because we had great energy. Uh, Charger fans are incredible. It's The west side is not easy to navigate. We know that. It's, it's no. a giant mall. They were able to find us. The Chargers did a great job of setting up a really cool, felt like a backyard in the middle of the Westfield Mall, you know, bars all over the place, great food, and, you know, good entertainment. So it was it was easy. Uh, the energy was there. The fact that all these guys came out, you know, Justin Herbert, Derwin James, Eric Kendricks, Antonio Gates, Ladanian, to have Ladanian Tomlinson <laughs> on stage. How about that? When they made their selection was just, you can't, you can't script that. You know, the greatest player in the history of TCU and someone that's in the conversation as the greatest charger ever is on stage when they opt to pick a kid out of TCU. It was really cool to be part of it, and it was a lot of fun. And so kudos to to everyone that put it together, but especially because I had a blast talking with the fans um, and all the people that came out. I really, really enjoyed it. I threw out my arm because of all those stupid mini footballs that weigh about six ounces apiece trying to get some velocity behind it. My, my arm is dead today. Dude, you had you literally had more passing attempts than Justin Herbert had all season. I Every yeah. time I looked up at the stage, Money was throwing uh, a, a, an out route, a post, yeah. a go. It, uh, <laughs> it, it, and I'll tell you, you know, the, uh, the elixir, the lubricant of conversation, I had a single beer, and then I think everybody just felt like, oh, all right, well, there's no rules now. And next thing you know, I got people asking for passes from two decks up, people way in the back. And, of course, being an idiot, I'm like, I'll get it there. And next thing you know, I'm just trying to figure out, all right, how do I get this thing to sail? And managed to get a couple up to the third deck. So I was pretty proud of myself. But guess what? I'm paying for it today. Paying for I'm it absolutely this paying for it today. You're right, though, man. Hey, the fans make it. it, it it's always a pleasure catching up with you guys. A lot of listeners of the podcast and – we appreciate it so very much. Um, so much to get into, man. I mean, the, the draft was was wild from the beginning. Um, a lot of unexpected picks. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the draft overall, but um, at 21 overall, everything was lining up Ooh. with what we wanted for the Chargers, right? Uh, the best tight end was available. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba it, it was a guy that I didn't think we No, thought I never thought he was a possibility. Chargers. So at 21 overall, you had really your choice of wide receiver and tight end, and they decide that Quentin Johnston from TCU is the guy. Um, your reaction to that pick, you know, we mentioned him on the podcast. I don't think we mentioned him as much as a guy like Zay Flowers or right. Jordan Addison or Kincaid or Mayer, but uh, he's the guy. Yeah, I'll be honest, I was surprised. Uh, I was. Um, but, but then when you start to, to unpack it and think about it, you know, teams have types. There, there are teams that, you know, this is what they like. And, and we talked about this last year with the Chiefs when they moved on from Tyreek Hill and people were saying it's going to change the offense completely. And 
I remember getting into this with you. We, we talked about, I, I think they looked at the Chargers, and they were like, hey, Keenan Allen's 6'3". Mike Williams almost 6'4". We need bigger guys. You know, th- that's where this league is headed is, and you look at what they have in Cincinnati and, and what they've built, you know, with with that trio of receivers. They're all six foot two or taller. And so sort of after my initial surprise, and we'll dig into it, I have no problem. You know, we've been talking about this for, for three months now, and everybody knows what my order was and that I never yeah. mentioned Quentin Johnston. But I think that's sort of what ultimately this came down to is the Chargers, Tom Telesco, Brandon Staley, they like big guys. That's what yeah. they want. And so they're not interested in five foot ten, you know, Zay Flowers. They're not interested in a hundred and seventy pound Jordan Addison. They wanted the big body. And I think, you know, it, just to dig into it now, I, I don't think Quentin Johnson has the same skills, level of skills that that Zay Flowers does, but Zay Flowers is not six foot three. And, and capable of running, you know, a sub four five forty. So there's you're you're gonna make trade offs. You know, there are so few perfect receivers out there. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of a what do we want? What do we like? What do we think is the most effective with our quarterback? With the scheme that we're gonna be calling? And clearly, they wanted the big body because that's yeah. the only that's that's just kind of the way I I break it down. I mean, you know, it's funny we were on stage and I said Ladanian Tomlinson's up there. And Dalton Kincaid is available, and Michael Mayer is available, and Zay Flowers is available, and Jordan Addison's available. I'm like, holy crap. I cannot the believe the draft broke perfectly. this way. And, and LT's like, it's Zay Flowers. He's like, it's Zay Flowers. They're going to take Zay Flowers, you know, and he's saying that on stage. And it was funny just to see how excited he got when they took Quentin, because I think nobody had projected Quentin to be, you know, well, I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people liked him more. Then I know Chris Sims liked him a lot. He was not a big Jordan Addison guy. Zay Flowers was his favorite receiver, but I think Quentin was his number two. So I don't think it was like, – like it wasn't a crazy pick at all. It wasn't out of left field. Uh, like I said, I think it's just one of those – this is the type of receiver that the Chargers prefer. Yeah. And they'll coach up. They think they can coach up some of the issues, um, some of the things that people had issues with. And I guess the one th- you you can't you can't coach five foot ten to be six foot three <laughs> that that doesn't work. You can't coach Jordan Addison from one hundred and seventy pounds to two hundred and ten pounds. That doesn't work either. So I guess that's the way they look at it. We'd rather have the body type, and let's see if we can fix the drops. Let's see if we can fix a lot of those body catches and turn him into a more complete receiver. You know, the guy's big play. I mean, he had some explosive plays. Big plays downfield, but I think those were just kind of the concerns that you you assume they feel really good about being able to to get right and and end up with this giant receiver that's super fast that's going to be a nightmare to cover. Yeah, I, I think they they drafted his traits too, right? Six three two oh eight. Uh, they talked about his suddenness. His yards after the catch came up a lot, and I, I was going back to DJ's top fifty. I think it was his last top fifty. He compared Quentin Johnson to Mike Williams. So right. it, they're building a basketball team, right? They're building a, a basketball team with, with Everett and with Mike and Keenan and Palmer. So I, 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 I look at the pick, and I go back to what you said last week, and I think you summed it up perfectly. I think they even used it for the promo. 
Justin Herbert makes good good wide receivers great, and he makes great wide receivers all pros. Right. I go back to 2020, his rookie year, when T. Billy was catching everything. Jalen Guyton was becoming a household name because of Justin Herbert. So if this guy can get open and, you know, if Keenan or Mike is doubled and, and Quentin Johnson can get open and they can kind of use him in situations that, that maximize his potential, I think they got a really good pick. And, and I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Kellen Moore. You know, Kellen Moore probably had a, a big say in the wide receiver that he preferred and he wanted sure. for his offense. So Quentin Johnson seems to fit the bill. You know, we were talking about Big 12 receivers before we came on. C.D. Lamb is a Big 12 receiver yeah. that had some success at the Dallas Cowboys with Kellen Moore. So um, it's, it's interesting because the, these mock draft exercises and we, we're consumed by this draft evaluation process. And I think sometimes... You know, we lock in on guys that we like and other people like, and you don't know. Like, you know, like we mentioned Zion Johnson last year, money uh, a little bit, but I don't think we actually like said, okay, wow, this could be a reality. You know, we were talking about James Williams and some of these other guys. Um, so it's exciting to kind of see it come to life. I was very surprised that uh, a guy like Dalton Kincaid blew my mind the buffalo bills it blew um, my, well and you saw it was them the only trade tight end drafted that first round they, they were like we're not waiting go get them and man yeah. they got to play chargers have to play them in the regular season if they want to get to the super bowl very well may have to play them in the playoffs i really you know how i feel about that guy and yeah. i know tight end is not a premium position like wide receiver See, is m- money real quick this is my this is my thought on that on that position um there's so many good guys that are going to go today, 100%. right? Michael Mayer didn't get drafted in the first round. You talk about, See, but uh, I think I think Mayer, to me, and, and again, you know how I feel about Kincaid. To me, Kincaid is on an island. I, I yeah. felt like there was, and I know there's people that were like, "Oh no, I like Mayer more than Kincaid," and that's fine. For me, Kincaid is he's a unicorn. He's Travis Kelsey. He's, and again, I'm biased. I get it, but I just I cannot believe the league let him go to the Bills. Like it just it, it's. <laughs> And that's the thing, like, you know, the, you, you, and, and you end up getting sort of emotionally, it's confirmation bias, and now you have to reset your confirmation bias, and it sounds terrible, but it's like, no, I want Kincaid to be terrible now. I want to be completely wrong about this because he's on the Bills. I want Zay Flowers to continue to be a run of terrible draft picks at the receiver position by the Ravens. These are all AFC, th- like, the AFC is already stacked with, with quarterbacks, you have you, only six teams make the playoffs. Like, I'm just going to let me quickly do a little exercise here. Um, only six teams make the playoffs. Let's count. Does anybody them. want it in the NFC, by the way, besides the That's Eagles? That's what I mean. Does anybody want it? Well, why even bother? Uh, Nolan, the, the, the fact that freaking that, that somehow Nolan Smith lasted until 31 and the Insanity. Eagles got Jalen Carter and Insanity. Nolan Smith, just get rid of it. That, like, the, the, the Eagles might as well be minus 7,000 to win the NFC. I don't know how they freaking pull it off every year, but you know what? It's, it's what happens. But and they got, a like, tampering, they got a tampering pick uh, yeah, from Arizona. Exactly. <laughs> so here's my thing. Let's count them. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. That is nine quarterbacks. Three of them are not going to make the playoffs. Nine quarterbacks. Three aren't going to make the playoffs. And now you're talking 
about Zay Flowers going to the Ravens. You're talking about uh, Dalton Kincaid going to the Bills. And that's and those are two of our – thank goodness Bijan ended up going to the Falcons. You know, I was yeah. worried that – I was honestly – I had this weird little – you know, and I think the fact that Tyree Wilson slid a little bit because of that Liz Frank injury – to the Raiders, that could be a nightmare. Him and Max Crosby, you know, because we know Chandler Jones had some issues last year. But I was, I was starting to think about it. I was like, man, I could totally see them taking Bijan. It's the Patriots' way. It's we, zig, you know, you zig, yeah. we zag. You know, it's let's let's just figure it out and and bring him in. And uh, we wasted a lot of time on Bijan. He he wasn't going to be there at twenty one. Ultimately, again, it it almost always goes back to and I hate saying it because it's such a weird word but it just goes back to the tape like when you watch Bijan Robinson play football it's like there's I don't care I have zero issue with what the position is and the financial implication it's like well you can't take a guy that high because now he's one of the highest paid running backs and like I don't care Arthur Smith's gonna hand him he's gonna touch the ball 25 times a game yeah. Arthur Smith it's, had Derrick Henry in Tennessee he he knows what the AFC what championship games yeah <laughs> Yeah, how about Jameer Gibbs going to the Lions at twelve? That was that was a surprise. And they signed David Montgomery. They have DeAndre Swift. They like yeah. I saw somebody there. tweet this, and 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 they're right. When you when you think about how it played out for the Lions and the Eagles, the the Lions could have had the same exact haul that the Eagles got with Carter and and Nolan. How about Smith that? If they just if they just that's a great pat. call. You know, and That's and they got ball. they got an inside linebacker and a running back, and they had a they have a stud running back. I know they lost Jamal Williams, but um, it's it's just eye of the beholder, man. Like we don't know. All yeah. thirty two teams are different. They have a different evaluation. They have a different philosophy, and. That's how the draft plays out. Like seeing seeing Gibbs at twelve, I was like, okay, man, this is this is officially off the rails, and it was good for the Chargers in that the the wide receivers yeah. and the tight ends kept slipping. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It goes to me again, money that they wanted. They wanted Johnson was their number one receiver. Clearly, it, it, it's very uh, clearly, clear. and that's yeah. fine. Like I said, it's it's totally fine. They 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 know more about this than I do. They dig into it a lot deeper. Teams have so much more information than we do. There, there's just so much more available to them um, than than we get. For me, I I like to watch guys play games. Um, you know, I've been covering the draft for a long time, and so I have some of these, and it's probably not healthy. I have some of these built-in biases about certain schools or certain conferences and how often we see certain position groups perform at a high level in the NFL. And, you know, I'm, I'm up front with that. I'm, I, I cop to that, you know, and that's part of the bias that I have. You know, I, I, like, I like getting guys from the SEC. You know, I, I, I think when you, when you go through – if you're just to go through the the stats and, you know, if I, I'll pull it up right now, like let's just go through the receiving stats. So these are just biases that you have to, you have to get them away from you, right? Like you've got to be able to separate like, hey, this guy could be the greatest receiver in the history of football, but you've counted him out because he's in the Big 12 and you don't think the Big 12 produces elite receivers. Like when I go through it, here's – SEC, Tyree Kill, technically SEC before he got kicked out of school and slipped to the fourth round because he was a terrible person. Uh, Fresno State, SEC, uh, Stephon Diggs. I think Maryland was ACC at the time. I don't think they were Big yeah, Ten yet. There's CeeDee Lamb, so there's your Big 12. Jalen Waddell, SEC. Travis Kelsey at eight. And, like, that's the whole outlier thing with Dalton Kincaid. Devontae Smith, SEC. Tara McLaurin, 
Big Ten, Amon Ra, Pac-12, Amari Cooper, SEC, Mike Evans, SEC, Christian Kirk, yeah, don't count that, although SEC, A&M, right? Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, DK Metcalf, Ole Miss, Jamar Chase, LSU, Chris Olave, OSU. Like, that's – you see where re- receivers are made, you know? Um, so that's – again, it's just a bias. It's a, it's a pernicious seed that's planted in my brain that I've got to be able to ignore. Um, because, again, I, I think the best comparison, and we talked about it last night, Chris, is look at what the Bengals have and look at what a complete nightmare they are to cover at wide receiver with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. It's a nightmare because you can't have a small corner. (laughs) You just, you can't. These guys are too big, and that's what the Chargers are going to throw out there. And to me, that's very exciting. Like, to be, be, and remember, this is a guy that's going to have a ton of one-on-one opportunities, man. you got a six-foot-three, high-four-four, wide receiver that's going to get a ton of one-on-ones and he's got Justin Herbert and that freaking cannon throwing the ball down the field because you can't afford to single cover Mike Williams or Keenan Allen on a third down this guy's going to get freaking single coverage he's going to have the chance to make some really big plays and that that part of it is exciting you know you want a guy with some size when you're pushing that ball downfield and this guy's going to be a heck of a weapon on that front Let's not forget Gerald Everett. I mean, Gerald Everett had his best game as a Charger in that playoff game against sure the Jacksonville did. Jaguars. So, I mean, so that's another weapon. Sure did. He he considers himself an athlete, not not a tight end. So it's, it's just an, it's just another big body weapon for for Justin. And I I want to get your thoughts on what the Chargers may do in this second round. And what I, what I was getting at is okay, the tight end position is loaded. There's like yeah. four guys that could like. One of them just fall in their lap if if they didn't even move up in the in the second round. I mean, uh, Laporte is that guy from Iowa that DJ really really likes. Um, Washington from Georgia, Musgrove from uh, Oregon State, Mayer from Notre Dame. If you get one of those four guys, I mean, I, I think you're going a long way in, in terms of solidifying that position, not only for 2023 but the years to come with Justin. Yeah, I'm looking at it. You know, you think about who's in front of them, right? So the Lions traded Hawkinson. They need a tight end. Uh, Cardinals could use a tight end. Steelers have Fryermuth. Colts could certainly, they're going to want weapons for Anthony Richardson. You have the Rams. Don't know what they're going to do. I would imagine they probably want to trade back. Uh, Seahawks are up. There's a lot of teams that could use tight ends, especially you think about those teams that picked high that have young quarterbacks. You know, the Panthers for Bryce Young. Um, You know, the... The Packers for Jordan Love after taking Lucas Van Ness in the first round instead of a wide receiver to help out Jordan Love. But they did take their two receivers last year. I mean, they got Dubs and Watson last year, so they're fine. But that's a tight end spot. Like, you know, the thing with Laporta that's interesting is the the Iowa offense was so anemic last year that it's easy for someone like that to get overlooked. You know, with that kind of skill set from a tight end factory like Iowa, who produces really good tight ends. So if Laporta can make it to him at 54, that'd be incredible. I think I think it's going to be tough. I think when you, you look at – You put up better numbers than Kittle did at Iowa yeah. with, without a quarterback, right? Yeah. And that's what I mean, that the offense was just completely and totally anemic. So you're talking about a, a group of players. I'm trying to find them here. Um, where is my – where are my tight ends? Uh, here we go. So you're talking about Mayer, who's going to go right away. Musgrove. So you have you really have five left. Uh, you know what? I actually even like Brenton Strange 
out of Penn State. I forgot about him. And that's the thing. Like, Shoemaker, like, he's solid out of Michigan. But I think what we're talking about is elite tight end play. Dalton Kincaid is going to be an elite tight end. I know he's not a do-it-all. He's not a huge blocker, but he's a capable blocker. But, man, Michael Mayer is going to go right away. Musgrave, I think, is probably going to go pretty quick. He's super athletic and just had injury issues. That's why his production was so low. We know Darnell Washington, my gosh. Did Musgrave, mean, Musgrave only played in a couple of games this year, Barely right? played, yeah. yeah. But when he did, he's, he flashes. You know, he's, he's really athletic. You see contorting his body, you know, picking balls off guys' heads, like really doing some impressive stuff in the limited sample that you get. Washington, I, to me, that's just one where that's like, I don't know how that guy makes it. You, you can't find a guy that freaking big, you know, at 6'7", 260. He's an offensive lineman. Like you get you get a sixth offensive lineman in your tight end, and oh by the way, that offensive lineman is pretty athletic and can catch balls and, and watch bodies just bounce off them down the field. So, you know, I think the thing with picking a tight end at twenty one, there's a reason why tight ends don't go a lot in the first round, and it's a reason why running backs don't go a lot in the first round, and it's the money. You know, it's the fact that these guys aren't making twenty five million bucks a year like a one receiver is. So when you can get that first round contract. You want to try to get that financial flexibility, especially when you're about to play Justin Herbert, but you're about to pay him. So I think that's probably part of the reason why the Chargers want wide receiver over tight end there. And you said it, Chris, the deep class. The fact that they feel like, oh, no, we, we can get one of these guys at 54 if they really want to keep building on offense, which selfishly I want them to do, but I wouldn't be surprised. Corner group is pretty deep. You know, I thought maybe they were going to take Deontay Banks there. You know, the pick that when I think, I think the Giants took him Giants 24. Took him. Yeah, yeah, so like that would have been a great. I would. Have, I was like, ooh, if Brandon gets on that table and starts jumping, I could totally see him wanting that long corner. We talked about the contract situation, right? Um, but you know what? That signals to me is that things are going really well with JC, and they feel like he's going to be ready, and that's going to put them back at a little bit of depth at that position. You know, the the wide receiver uh, run started too, and then it started at twenty, and then I think it was like four straight wide receivers. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when the tight end run in the second round starts and if if it starts yeah. closer to where the Chargers select or if they really wanted one of those guys, if they'd have to move up to get them. Still, there's a, there's a lot of positions that need. Let's take a quick break and talk about some, some other potential positions they may target. All right, guys, is the official hospitality provider for the NFL. On Location offers unrivaled access to experience all premier NFL events like never before. On Location brings you up close for all the action, providing fans with unforgettable moments from draft day to Super Bowl Sunday and everything in between. On Location, thrilled to announce its new partnership with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This August, kick off football season in Canton, Ohio, and be there live to witness the Class of 2023 enshrinement. The NFL also headed back to London and Germany for the 2023 NFL International Games. On Location official packages will feature game tickets, deluxe hotel accommodations, private tours, pregame hospitality, end-to-end planning, and much more. Be sure to secure your priority access today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. Somebody, we've talked a lot about the offense and wide receiver and tight Let's end. Keep talking offense, Chris. <laughs> we keep talking offense. Hey, I, I'm with you though. Like I, I even said it last night, it, to, and to your point, really, the last couple of months, you got to outscore Patrick Mahomes and all those other quarterbacks you mentioned. Not to mention, 
CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson are coming to the AFC. And I'm not yeah. saying they're going to blow, uh, blow up the league in the first year or two, but you never I think know. They're both good. I think they're, they're both, both good, good quarterbacks. Man, you know? just the, the AFC, the AFC is crazy. You have to score 40 points. You have and to I score mean, 40 points. And all the, the the word is that Tennessee is going to get Will Levis. You know that that's that's the team. So you're talking about another quarterback that's coming in. Now it's crazy. Do all of them make it? No, they never do. You know, it's just the way it works. You, you don't have a quarterback class where every single one of the guys makes it. So one or two of them are are going to be, you know, on another team after four years, and that's just the reality of it. That's how it works out. But you know, yeah, th- those are high picks. You know, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson invested in the NFC, in the AFC South, which is good for us because you don't want one team to to dominate. You want them all to beat up on each other and pull each other out of good that point. wild card. You know, so you don't have so so. I think that's you know to me that's that's something that's down the road. That was the only thing I was thinking about with Houston. Like that's that's what we, we went through all the quarterbacks, right? Like, how do you decide to start the clock? Like, you know what? Am I really going to – I really need to love C.J. Stroud because I feel like we're a couple years away. So now I'm starting that five-year clock. Technically, it's a four-year clock, right, if he's going to be good. Do I want to start this four-year clock with Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes? Did I mention Burrow in that list, by the way? I think you did. Okay. I was going to say, am I at 10 now? But you know what I mean? So, like, that's the interesting part. By the way, too, money. Like you mentioned, Kenny Pickett, and I and I know that he's he was a rookie last year, but yeah. but Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing yeah. seasons, man. Like the Steelers no. are going to be good. Kenny Pickett is going to be able to lead them to wins. That yeah. The the, the it, point I was simply like ridiculous. illustrating. Yeah, the only thing I was illustrating is you know you won't like if Kenny Pickett misses the playoffs, you're like oh yeah whatever. But like yeah. when you yeah. say, hey, Trevor Lawrence missed the playoffs, Justin Herbert missed the playoffs, Joe Burrow missed the playoffs, Deshaun Watson with his fancy guaranteed contract, missed the playoffs. Lamar Jackson and all that tumult in Baltimore and what they went through before finally getting a deal, missed the playoffs. Like, that's what's crazy about this conference. The balance, so of, gonna... power, the balance of power is insane. And I'll say it again, man. I, I have, you know, shame on the teams in the NFC that didn't make an offer for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Shame on them. I just... And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, too. I don't know if Green Bay was going to trade him in, in the NFC, but I would have given up more... Uh, to get Aaron Rodgers and keep him in the NFC and compete yeah. for a Super Bowl alongside what Jalen, you have Jalen Hurts. That's it. Dak Prescott. And oh, yeah, Dak. There, there's an argument that, that uh, your guy, Derek Carr, is like the third best quarterback in the in the conference. That's, that does not bode well for the NFC in terms of talent at the quarterback <laughs> position. Yeah, I digress. I mean, look, you look at the, the Cardinals roster is a mess. The Rams are on a complete rebuild. Uh, the 49ers are going to be dominant defensively and – you know, with what they have, Christian McCaffrey, that weapon, George Kittle, McCaffrey, you know, they just do it with weapons. So just, you know, I think that's the one thing about the NFC when everyone's like, oh, it's the Eagles, it's the Eagles. Yeah, it is. But let's not forget about what the weapons look like in San Francisco. That defense is just, it's atrocious. You know, it's so freaking dominant. And when you combine their offensive line with McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, like in, in the brain of Kyle Shanahan, okay, now they can trade punches with the Eagles. You know, they can. Do I think they're better? No. Especially not after last year's draft and this draft. But, um, yeah, the South is you got Baker at quarterback for the Bucks. You got Bryce Young, the number one pick for the Panthers. Desmond Ritter's, you know, doing it with the Falcons. But, look, they were able to get a reclamation project, and Ryan Tannehill and Arthur Smith made it work with Derrick Henry, and now he's going to be able to make it work with Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, 
and B. John Robinson. And it's very reminiscent of what he did in Tennessee. And, you know, as, as someone that called a lot of college football, what Jim Harbaugh did at Stanford when he's like, all right, Pac-12, you, you want to play a ton of nickel and dime and you want to throw it all over? I guess what we're going to do. We're going to come town. We're going to kick your ass. We're going to, we're going to play power football and you don't have the bodies. And that's what he's building in Atlanta. You got those big receivers. You got that gigantic freak of a tight end. And now you've got this three-headed monster at running back that can be flexed all over the field. We know Cord- I mean, Cordero was drafted as a wide receiver. You know, Algiers a hammer. Bijan can move to the slot. I can't wait to see what they're going to do yeah. they in Atlanta. I got a ton of respect for Arthur Smith and the way he sees football. Um, so that's, you know, I guess what I'm getting at, Chris, is I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. You know, I think I, I, I do – I do think there's some teams that, that are interesting. You know, the Panthers have a really good defense. I believe in Frank Reich, and I believe in Bryce Young, you know, 100%. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it looks to be the Eagles maybe for a year before the other teams might be able to catch up there with all that depth and, and who they got. But at the same time, you know, weird things happen. I know. You know, weird, weird things happen every year. The uh, the Caleb Williams Drake May sweepstakes is is going to heat up. Yeah, and Bo Nix going to get in there too. You know, yeah. Bo Nix going to be a top five pick. You know, it's going to be and and you know what? Someone else will raise their hand. You know, you'll you'll get the Anthony Richardson. You'll get the Will Levis. You'll get the you know the Joe Burrow single season. It, it happens. Somebody always ends up raising their hand. But you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I love the draft. I'm a I'm a draft dork. It's and the best, man. It, it, uh, it, you know, it's fun kinda... just to react. It's, it's fun yeah. to react to, to all the craziness that happened yesterday. It, staying with the Chargers, I, yeah. one position I'm a little concerned about uh, depth-wise is edge. Uh, and and I, I bring that up because obviously they you know you know you got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa like what are you talking about? It's it's the guys behind them. You know Chris Rumpf is still developing. Um, they're going to need a couple of guys um, sure. to develop. I'm hopeful, Van Noy. After the draft comes back, I think yeah. he wants to be here. I'm hoping that that works. Leonard out. Like Floyd, said, is Leonard Floyd still available? Still out there. He's still, still out there. there. He's going to get signed after the draft, and these are that's where you tend to get bargains, right? Because teams don't have a lot of cap space left. Yeah. You know, they figured out okay, this is what I need for my draft pool. I've got that squared away. Now, how much do I have, Leonard? I got seven and a half million bucks. It's yours if you want to take it. You can get back in the market next year. You know, that would be great. Um, I think defensive tackle, as I'm not, I'm just kind of, for those watching on YouTube, sorry, I'm not looking at the screen. I'm kind of looking off on my other computer here. Um, Keanu Benton, I don't know if he'll make it. You know, he's an exceptional player out of Wisconsin. A lot of people kind of call him a poor man's Jalen Carter, which we'll take. Um, Siaki Ika, like that's someone that people talked about. Byron Young out of Alabama. So that's interior. Uh, Edge, um, Byron Young, Tennessee, a lot of people like him. Uh, we talked about Tui Pelotu out of SC. That'd you know, fun. he very well could end up being there. So that's the front. And then I think you go to the back end of the defense. We talked about what a deep corner group this is. I mean, you still got Brian Branch, Joey Porter, Kelly Ringo, DJ Turner, Cam Smith. Like, there's some really good corners on the board. You think um, Joey Porter's going to go to the Steelers uh, for first pick? <laughs> Yes, or that, like, to me, that's just, you know, that to me looks like Will Love. Like, I'm surprised, and I and I think they were probably trying to get back into the first round to get him so they could get that 50-year option. But if a team likes Will Levis, they're going to immediately make sure that they get him. So, but, I mean, it certainly would make sense. I mean, we know Mike Tomlin 
coaches up DBs like Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll coach up DBs, right? It's what they do. It's what they love. So it's it would be hard to imagine Joey Porter Jr. not going there after what Joey Porter meant to that that team. But, you know, and then you go to safety, Chris. And, I mean, we mentioned Brian Branch and how versatile he is. He'll be gone. But the two safeties out of Illinois, Brown and Martin, people love them. One of them could be available. Like, there's some really – this is a deep draft. There's some really good players. If they're going to go defense on day two and try to build some depth because of all the injuries, right, like Johnson, Abonia, they got a lot of – J.C. Jackson, they got so many injuries. You saw what happened when Mikey Davis left the game against Jacksonville. Everything changed immediately. So Everything. Like, I think it wouldn't surprise me because of how deep the defensive back group is. And they need a returner, by the way. So that was the other thing about the whole Quentin Johnson, you know, pick. It's like Zay can return. Addison can return. Now, I know you don't want to put your starting receiver out there, but that was the other thing that I was thinking and why I was thinking those two guys is like they need a returner. And, hey, these guys can return kicks and punts. Yeah, um, I don't think Johnson's ever done it. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to get all those guys on the field at the same time too, right? I mean, Palmer's going into his third year. You know, in a perfect world, Keenan and Mike aren't coming off the field. Um, right. So to, to have that positional versatility with with a returner, hopefully they can find one later. Um, as far as defense is concerned, I do think you look at the, the guys that they drafted last year is almost like red shirt guys, right? Tito Abonia, JT yeah. Woods. Um, Which is the big one. He's got to make a jump. He's got to make a leap. That's a big one because that's that's a third round pick. You need your twos and your threes to be out there playing football. Um, so, but again, that's a hard free safety is a hard position and Brandon Staley's defense is complex. It is not Gus Bradley. See it, attack it. It is, it is much more complex. He asks a lot of his defensive backs and that's sort of what we talked about. Remember with JC Jackson early that he just came from a system where Bill Belichick said, that's your guy. That's all you have to worry about. You're good. And he had to try to settle in. To, to what Brandon, you know, in that too high shell and a lot of quarters. And, hey, you've got to read. You you need the one because he's coming outside or you're taking, you know, all of that sort of stuff. That, well, think about the leap that Michael Davis made from 100%. year one to year two. He, exactly. he was in the same boat where he, he you know, he, it took him a little while to, to grasp that system. So, you're yep. right. You, you need you need that, uh, you need a year. that player can come in and – and it may not happen first year. It, one thing that's very interesting to me now is this whole – Austin Eckler situation because you know we talked about Bijan in here and you know uh, Jameer Gibbs was like that second guy almost like the one A I I saw that yeah. there were like some teams that thought that they they thought higher of Gibbs than Bijan I don't know how true nuts. that is it's yeah. crazy but but here we are you know is it even worth the Chargers drafting a running back when we don't know what Isaiah Spiller is right like that this is where it's like okay is Austin just going to come back here and we're going to try to make this thing work with with Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller and Eckler or is there another guy in this draft uh, Charbonnet from UCLA another Bruin uh, is probably that maybe that next running back I I guess it's in the eye of the beholder but the the whole Austin Eckler thing money I, I was thinking about that a lot last night because I thought that if the Chargers made a move at running back in the first round, maybe that signaled something. But, um, you know, the hope is Austin comes back at this point, but but who knows? Well, I think it's much like wide receivers. You know, running backs are all different. You know, Jameer Gibbs has been compared to Kamara, someone that can really catch the football. You can flex him out all over the field. Um, again, 
look, maybe I'm wrong. I know there were people that really, really like him, but I just, when I watch Bijan Robinson play, it's like, holy heck, that guy is just next level. Um, but I think, you know, we talked about Roshan Johnson with, with, um, with Brett a couple weeks ago, like, cause he's just a big back. I mean, you're talking about 220, 215, I think, I think he might even be 219 pounds. Like he's a big dude. So that's different, right? But, but that's something that we saw from Josh Kelly last year where it felt like Josh took that step. And that was something he told us, remember, at training camp when he sat down with us, you know, before the season even started. He said, you know, I needed to get bigger. I needed to get stronger. He's like, because I felt like they were bringing the attack to me and I'm going to bring the attack to them. And we saw that last year. So I think they're probably comfortable with Josh in that role. Now, like we said, it's, it's a different, it's, it's a gaps. It, it, it's a, it's a wide zone. It's an outside zone and you've got to read your gaps. You've got to have really good vision in this offense as a running back, because once you're handed that ball, you're just following these assignments. Is that lane open? No. Next one, next one. Okay. Now that's closed. I've got to cut back to this one to get through. It's a little bit different. And I think we saw Josh at his best when it was, here's the ball attack. When, yeah. when we saw Josh struggle a little bit is when he's trying to stretch it outside and trying to get that corner and stuff, not necessarily, you know, his particular skill set. So I think you got to figure out what is the room, what do we have versus what's available. And, and to me, I'd be really surprised. I, th- I think Bijan, look, if Bijan was there at 21 and Quentin Johnston was there at 21 and all, and, you know, I don't think there's any question Bijan would have been the pick. I don't think there was any question. He was Agreed. just an elite player. So I think now that he's gone, I don't think running back really comes into play. I think they have some depth concerns. Um, unless, and again, this is the whole, we don't know as much as they know, unless the relationship with Austin is completely soured and they're worried about that, which yeah. I don't think it is. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I hope it isn't. I hope it isn't. Um I think, too, is, is fans watching this draft unfold, just keep in mind, when they draft a guy like Quentin Johnston, uh, when they do these things that they're going to do in rounds two and three and beyond, uh, Kellen Moore's fingerprints are going to be on this offense. And, and there's a reason why they're bringing in certain guys, because they, they fit yeah. what, what Kellen wants to do. And one of the things that Brandon Staley said uh, when I talked to him right after uh, they picked him was just challenging defenses in different ways. And, and – Kellen Morse right. was so good at that at Dallas. Uh, so to, to have Quentin kind of complement what Keenan and Mike do best, knowing you have Gerald Everett, hopefully having Austin Eckler out of the backfield, Kellen has to believe that he has the pieces in place to really stress defenses. So that's why I, 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 I would be encouraged uh, if I'm a Chargers fan by this pick because uh, Kellen Moore probably had his fingerprints on it. You know, I think the one thing just – Going back to it is, I'm trying to think. I think it was, um, I think it was Coach Lynn when we first brought it up that first year that that Brandon was that um, Justin Herbert was playing, and he said, you know, you can't just have speed. You got to have speed that scares the defense. Yeah. You know, if you're just a guy running down the field and they don't really care, it doesn't matter. But to me, like Quentin Johnston scares a defense. Because we've just seen the explosive plays that he put up at TCU. It's like, hey, that's a big dude. Justin Herbert's got a giant arm, and he throws the ball beyond accurately downfield. And if we don't account for this guy, 
we're hosed. It's a, it's a 50-yard completion or it's a 70-yard touchdown, so we have got to be worried about that guy. And I think that's what you're talking about, Chris, is you know they did not have that element last year, and teams just packed the box, and they were happy to cover up all those underneath routes from Keenan and Josh Palmer and you know those quick outs. The, the running game had no chance to breathe. You bring in someone like Johnston with that size and that speed, and look, even if he does what he did at TCU, which – was not a lot of complicated routes. Run that way real fast. If we throw you the ball, catch it. If that's all he does, it's going to change how defenses have to behave and, and how they have to attack the Chargers offense because he's running. He's gone. And, and he's got the speed and he's got the size to beat you. He's just got to catch the ball. And if he does, man, things are going to open up underneath for Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler out of the backfield and Isaiah Spiller if he starts to come on. You know, and Justin Herbert to run the ball like Dak did quite a bit under Kellen Moore. Like that's that's the exciting thing about Johnston yeah. is, is his ability. They needed that. They needed a player that threatens the defenses deep that you have to be worried about getting the top taken off. I'm telling you, dude, I'll say it again. I, I thought about exactly what you said last week about Justin Herbert and how he makes good receivers great yeah. and great receivers all pros. And and I, I think that Johnson is at least good and Justin will make him great. And if he's already great, he'll be an all-pro eventually down yeah. the line. So I, we hope. I'm excited about that that aspect. And, and, and that's the reason, too. When, when you see a wide receiver like that drafted, you know that Justin Herbert, too. I mean, his arm. Like, we, we didn't see them throw the ball down the field at all last year, man. Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating. And I realized that there were injuries and there was a lot of, a lot of stuff to it. But it, it's going to change this year. And, and that was the first sign that it's going to change. Certainly. I think just kind of looking at today, you know, and look, day three, developmental, depth picks. And, man, I don't think there's – there certainly was not last year. I don't know the last time we saw a day three pick like Jamari Sawyer and the contribution he made. But, I mean, they hit an absolute home run with with a day three pick there. We saw what Dean Leonard and Jasir Taylor were able to do on special teams that that won them a game against Denver. Um, So those guys had impact. Um, what's your order for today? Like, what, what do you want to see today? I mean, I think now it really does become a best available. This, look, the Chargers are stacked. They're, they are now in debt. I think, I think with your first round pick, you're, you're taking that big swing. You know, you got to hit it. You get that, you get the benefit of cost certainty, the fifth year option. It's so important to hit on those picks. Um, outside of that, I think they just go, I think they just follow their board. You know, I don't think they're going to force a tight end. They're not going to force a corner. Uh, they're not going to force a defensive end because they do they need an end yeah they they need an edge they need a little bit of depth there but like I said I think post draft there's enough guys available that they might be able to make that work like they did last year with Van Noy and I keep going back to that Leonard Floyd thing and and saying man I I just I gotta believe that Staley is going to be pounding that table and that and, and I think we'll get a signal that that may be the case based on the way they draft but to me like that I feel like today is a defense day, um, unless there's just incredible value. If somehow Washington, Laporta, uh, Musgrave fall, then then perhaps that's that's the pick. But I don't think it's a running back day. I could see maybe if for whatever reason, I, I, to me, I would draft in the first three rounds, I would draft an offensive lineman every single year. I just think it is so important. You've got to be able to protect Justin Herbert. He's the most important commodity that you have on your team, and I don't think there's any 
anything wrong with, you know, if, if for whatever reason, let's say Bergeron, he's not going to, but if Bergeron drops, if Cody Mock, that a lot of people love out of North Dakota State, starts to drop, then take him. You know, I got, I got no problem. It's a premium position that makes a ton of cash. You're going to have to pay Rashawn Slater. You know, they just paid Trey Pipkins. I got no problem um, with taking guys like that, you know, and just kind of creating depth. So I think that's that's the that's the the great thing about the position the Chargers are in is they do have enough depth now where they can simply follow the board. Tom alluded to this, I think, last night. Um, they drafted Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson, and now Quentin Johnson. Those are all for Justin Herbert. All yeah. those guys are for Justin Herbert to protect 100%. them and to give them weapons. Um, hey, I, I think we're going to get DJ on next week to to break down the draft, which is awesome. Dude, yeah. his mock draft, he freaking nailed it. Did you see? He, he was he, on fire last night. Oh my he God. was on just it, – it, it. and look, I know for a fact how this works because I've worked the draft for the NFL Network for 10 years. You don't know. He does not have – general managers are not sure. They're not they're, – they're radio silent with you during the draft. They're in their war rooms. They're doing their thing. You know, they may reach out to you after they make their pick, but he does not know what's coming, and he was – a fortune teller last night. He could predict the future. He remember when everybody was taking shots at CJ Stroud and, and, and mocking Tyree um, Wilson to the, to the Texans. He was like, there's no way he was the only one that just kept his head down and said, there is no way they go into the season with Davis Mills as their quarterback, CJ Stroud, whatever with, you know, the cognitive testing, maybe it's a red flag for some teams, but he's like, I just don't see it. He was right on that. The fact they traded back up, he was all over that. Like, the the Will Levis slide all over that. I mean, he just seemed to know what was coming. He did a heck of a job. Yeah, he's the best. Well, hopefully we'll talk to him next week or the week after uh, to break down the Chargers draft class. And, Bundy, with that, we'll get out of here. Let fans enjoy the rest of the weekend. Uh, happy draft weekend, my man. Great job last night, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Absolutely. All right, guys, is the official hospitality provider for the NFL. On Location offers unrivaled access to experience all premier NFL events like never before. On Location brings you up close for all the action, providing fans with unforgettable moments from draft day to Super Bowl Sunday and everything in between. On Location, thrilled to announce its new partnership with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This August, kick off football season in Canton, Ohio, and be there live to witness the class of 2023 enshrinement. The NFL also headed back to London and Germany for the 2023 NFL International Games. On location official packages will feature game tickets, deluxe hotel accommodations, private tours, pregame hospitality, end-to-end planning, and much more. Be sure to secure your priority access today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. Ooh.